8, and we'll begin at verse number 5. Romans chapter 8 and, um, and verse number 5. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. I know a few Sunday mornings ago, we tried to give a real brief overview of the book of Romans up until this point because there's a lot that's being discussed here in chapters 7 and 8 that the first six chapters in the book of Romans are preparing us for. They're systematically, the Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul is systematically laying a foundation and, and making a case. When I say making an argument, I don't, I don't mean it like the world would think of an argument. I mean just, just presenting the reality of what's true about us as born-again believers and what, what's taken place in our lives. And he begins you know, talking about the problem we all have and the answer that God's provided and how that answer um, has, has been uh, bought and paid for by the blood of Jesus and the difference that that's made in our lives and how um, we've become transformed and we've been justified. We have peace with God. We, we have not just entered into grace, but we have been permanently planted in the midst of God's grace. Um, and we've been buried with Christ. We've been raised together with him. Again, all these key points leading up to, to the questions that we then find in chapter 7. And in chapter 7, Paul, speaking of his own life, you know, he's like, in light of everything I've just told you, why do we still struggle with some of these issues in the flesh? Why do I still do the thing I despise? Why, why do I still struggle to follow through on the thing, uh, the good thing that I know I should do? And, and again, it doesn't mean, please, don't let the devil do you this way. It doesn't mean you're not born again. You know, when I was growing up, if I had some kind of issue or problem or even bad behavior, it, it didn't make me any less David and Brenda Winslet's son. I was born of their seed. Now, obviously, they wanted to correct me and help me grow up to be, uh, you know, the person that God created me to be and, and, and all that was a part of it. But, you know, there's nothing that I could do to change that I was born of their seed. And so when we're born of the seed of Christ, when we're born a second time, um, we're his. There's, you know, Somebody asked me one time, do you believe in once saved, always saved, Pastor Mark? I said, well, I do, but I, I like to say it this way. Once born, always born. And, and in the same way that, you know, even if I did something to disappoint them, it, it, it wouldn't change who I am and the seed that, that birthed me. And so when we talk about you know, these struggles that, that we deal with in the flesh. Father knows about that. He knows all about that. Matter of fact, he knew about it before you did. And it, did, it doesn't change his love for you. But 
as Paul's asking these questions, he's wanting us to understand that, you know, this is the other thing. Now, Paul wasn't talking about you and me. He was talking about himself. But talking about himself, he was talking about you and me, right? Um, I, I think those verses in, in Romans 7, you know, where he talks about those, those struggles, um, anybody that's paying attention can relate to that. And, and you know, even if you go and, and do something that would be considered a sin, um, there's something inside of you that it doesn't, it doesn't set well with you anymore. It, it's not you because it's not you anymore. And, um, and of course, if we confess, he's faithful and just to forgive. But, but, but even that is in the context of fellowship. So you go back to my, uh, my earthly parents. You know, there's nothing I can do to change the fact that I'm their seed, that I'm born of them. But there are certainly things that I could do on my part that would affect negatively or positively my fellowship with them. And so what Father longs for from me and you is fellowship. All that he did through the new birth and making you a new creation, making you one with himself, was because of his longing for you, his desire to have fellowship with you. And there are things that we can do to grieve him. There are things that we can do that, that, that hurt him. But it doesn't change his love for us, nor does it change that we've been born from above, that we've been born of his spirit, that we've been born of his seed. So Paul presents this dilemma but he doesn't leave us hanging. Aren't you glad that the book of Romans doesn't end in chapter 7? <laughs> so this is why chapter 8, verse 1 begins with, there's therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. In light of these struggles, in light of these things that, that the Apostle Paul identified in his own life and, you know, by connection and translation, we now identify in our own life. So the good news is, chapter 8 begins with Jesus, no condemnation because of what Jesus has done. He became our sin in the flesh so that we could become his righteousness and that exchange be made. And so he then goes into how we walk that out, how we carry that out. And so this morning we, we said that this is where some of the most important practical instructions for a born-again believer, uh, this is where they begin. That this is, this is um, and, and I know a lot of times we think it begins with, with our behavior and, and what we do. And I'm not saying your behavior isn't important, but our behavior is going to line up with our thinking. And if we don't get our mindset right, we're going to continually struggle with our behavior and continually struggle with walking in all that Father has for us. So let's look at this. Amen. Um, I'm not exactly sure what's going on with the iPad tonight, so we'll just keep moving here, sister. I've got it on the screen, but it doesn't want to change. Thank you, Christy. It says, for those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit... For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. 
Now, I don't, listen, you, you do your own memorization, scripture memory, I, but I would really recommend uh, you committing these two verses to memory. They, they are uh, very, very, very important verses that we need to uh, remain in a constant uh, contact with. We need to, to uh, re remain you know, a constant reminder uh, of these verses. Um, they, they need to uh, provide some boundaries for our life. They need to provide uh, some uh, very uh, specific, uh, detailed um, instructions, things that, that we pursue and, and go after and are mindful of throughout our day, not just on Sundays, but throughout every day of the week. Now, I know we spent a good bit of time this morning, and, and, and some of you were here for that, a lot of you were not, talking about these two different options here, um, to live according to the flesh or to live according to the Spirit. And it's kind of like when he said, I set before you life and death, choose life. Um, he set before us now we have the flesh and we have the spirit and just in case you need help making the choice choose spirit choose to live according to the spirit now I'm getting way ahead of myself in the sense that I thought we would be talking about this next Sunday I want to briefly mention it here but this phrase according to according to. It means based upon, directed by, in agreement with. One more time. Based upon, directed by, in agreement with. So to live according to the flesh is to live based upon the flesh, directed by the flesh, in agreement with the flesh. But to live according to the Spirit is to live based upon the Spirit, in agreement with the Spirit. You following this? D directed by the Spirit, in agreement with the Spirit. So, if we were to look in the Scriptures at, at all the works of the flesh, and let's just imagine that they're all piled up over here, okay? And, and you know, works of the flesh, things of the flesh, all things flesh over here. And then over here, we have uh, the things of the Spirit, all things Spirit. Remember now, this includes your inheritance in Christ Jesus. This includes your identity in Christ Jesus. This includes your destiny in Christ Jesus. This includes your power, your authority. Again, everything that you have been freely given by God in Christ Jesus you have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. All that's piled up right here. Um, you have been given, all, not will be, have been given all things that pertain to life and godliness. That's all piled up right here. Um, praise God, you have received not the spirit of this world, but the spirit who is from God, that you might know the things that have been freely given to you by God. Again, that's, that's all these things piled up right here. Your potential, your true potential, it's right here in this stack. Are you following what I'm saying? You doing the works that Jesus did right here in this stack. 
You laying your hands on the sick and the sick recovering, all right here in this stack. The things of the Spirit. So we talk about the things of the Spirit. You know, we're not just talking about, you know, some religious tradition or, or some uh, ritual uh, with, you know, some Jesus sprinkled on top. We're talking about real, tangible um, blessing, benefit. Um, let's, let's, let's talk a little more over here. Your healing. I mean, I, again, I'm, I said I'm ahead of myself because I wanted to really do this thoroughly, but just off the top of my heart, your healing is, is, is right here. Um, restoration right here. Um, making up for time lost right here. Um, you, you know, the blessing of the Lord that makes one rich and adds no sorrow with it. It's all right here. All of these are the, are the quote unquote things of the spirit. Now, do you want to live a life based upon, directed by, in agreement with this stack? Or do you want to live a life based upon, directed by, in agreement with this stuff over here? Listen, the things of this, even the best that this world has to offer, cannot compare, cannot compare to what Father has made available to you and me. Now, here's one of the problems we have in the body of Christ is we're a lot more familiar with what's in this stack of stuff than we are what's over here. I heard uh, Bill Winston uh, preach a sermon, I think it was at the Southwest Believers Convention, and he was using that passage where um, Jesus said he's the door into the sheepfold, he's the door into the pasture. And he said that we need to start telling people what's in the pasture. Because when, when they understand what's in the pasture, they're going to get a whole lot more interested in the door. They're going to get a whole lot more interested in. And so again, this, another way of saying, this is what's in the pasture. If you've, if you've received Jesus and his gift of salvation, you have entered into this. All of this is yours right now. It's just, we're coming short of it. And I believe the number one reason we're coming short of it is our mindset. Now, if you'd have asked me five or 10 years ago, I would have said we're coming short of it because of faith. But we've got the faith that we need. We don't have the mindset to go with the faith we've been given to operate in these things. Let me try to say it another way. We've, I know a lot of you come on Wednesday nights that are here tonight, and we've been talking a lot about faith and producing results and solving problems by faith. Notice now, it's going to be very difficult for the faith that's in our heart to operate the way God intended it for operate if our mind's set on these things. If, if, if we're trying to pursue these things. Amen. Now, let me, I'm not trying to confuse you here, but you say, well, money must be over here and no money over here. No, money's in both of these stacks. Money's neutral. Money's a tool. Okay. But over here, it's the love of money, it's covetousness, it's greed, it's, it's thinking your identity is in what you have and what you possess and what you drive and what you live in, right? So it, it kind of goes, I heard Bill Johnson say this one time, he said it's, it's kind of like, you know, the Lord says, you know, watch out for that money, that money will mess you up. And, and, and so then you start seeking Jesus and he says, here, have some money. You see, it, it's, it's, it's because the, with the right attitude, Father can bless you. He, 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 because again, he knows that it's not going to ever take the place of him ever again in your life and in your heart. 
So there's money over here, but we're not, that's not what it's about. It's, it's about the things of the Spirit. Every, everything you will ever need is in this stack. All things that pertain to life and godliness is, is, is stacked up here. And you're going to need some money. Do you understand what I'm saying? You, you're going to need some money. And so, you know, it's, I'm just thinking back over the years, like when our kids go out of town with another family or go on a trip with somebody or whatever, you know, last thing dad would do, right? Pull out that wallet before they get in the car because they're going to need some money. To, to, to eat and to do whatever, you know, whoever they're going with, whatever their fun they're going to have, what have you. Well, again, to think that Father hadn't put money over here in this stack is ridiculous. There's money over here, lots of it. He's not on a budget. He's not on a budget, okay? So which one are we going to live according to? See, that's, that word, that phrase, according to there, um, is, is so powerful. And I know that for a lot of folks, it doesn't seem possible, but a whole bunch of born again people are living according to the flesh. Remember, this is, this is written to born again people. And so they're born again. They got all this stuff is theirs, but they're not living according to that. They're not living. How about this? There's a standard. There's a fleshly standard and there's a spirit standard of life, of living. Amen. The highest standard of life this world can offer you. The Bible says it this way, the, the wisest thing men have ever come up with, right, is, is nowhere near as wise as the most foolish thing that God's ever come up with. Not that God's foolish, but he's making the comparison, right? It's not even on the same spectrum. It's, it's, it's not even in the same universe, literally. So when we think about a condition of life, quality of life, there are folks using the world's means and methods that can temporarily find a higher quality, higher standard of living. But the best the world has to offer is not even close to just the entry level of what's available to you and me, what's been given to you and me in the spirit. Amen. And so we have this standard of living, quality of life. And remember, quality of life includes the external and the internal. There's a lot of folks who have, have it, quote unquote, made in this system, the flesh-based system, but they don't have any peace. They don't have any joy. They're stressed out of their minds. They're on a long list of medications just to cope. So afraid, filled with fear, um, so uh, depressed uh, because of the anxiety that they can't maintain what they have. They can't hold on to what they've got. Their relationships are broken. Are you, we just go on and on with this, right? So over here in the kingdom, you, you have the things of the spirit. You have all of the external stuff and more than the world could ever offer. But remember, he makes one rich and adds no sorrow with it. Meaning we have both the internal uh, peace of mind, contentment, satisfaction, are you, are, you, are you following what I'm saying? We have, we have both the inward and the outward. All the world can offer is the outward and whatever, um, you, you know, pleasure, momentary pleasure we get out of something over here. So that's why people are always trying to, that, that, that buy into this system, they're always wanting something new. And they get something new and they're happy for a while, but the new wears off of it, right? It's because true contentment doesn't come from the outside in, it comes from the inside out. So over here, you can be content no matter what state you're in, right? 
And, and then as we grow up into all that Father has done for us, we just enjoy grace upon grace, grace for grace, glory to glory, blessing upon blessing. So if I've made this point tonight, and I feel like I've at least made it, if not over made it, <laughs> amen, are you still with me? Then the question is, all right, so how do we choose? How, how do we practically? Do you understand what I mean by practically? It's, it's not about, oh yeah, that's pie in the sky, Pastor Mark. I love that. I love what you're selling tonight. I'm, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. Well, no, no, see, listen. How do we practically choose between these two things according to this or according to the spirit, right? According to the flesh or according to the spirit? Well, it's, he says it right here in this verse that it's by setting your mind. It's by setting your mind. I know I've said it a few times already and I'm just going to keep on saying it. Setting your mind is speaking of a deliberate, intentional, purposeful act. I want you to plan to set your mind. You understand, you understand what I mean by that? I mean, like if you're going to the dentist, you, you normally plan that, right? Um, not that I'm trying to compare the things of God to going to the dentist, but you understand what I mean. That's, that's, a, um, that's something that we purposefully, deliberately, intentionally do. We plan it, we schedule it, we go there, all right? So when it comes to setting your mind, we need a plan for this. We, we need to intentionally do this. We can't just, you know, wait till we wake up one morning and our minds are tuned into the things of the Spirit. It's something that, that, that we have to and absolutely uh, must uh, do and practice in our lives. And when we say practice, I mean practice in, in both sense of the word. Practice in the, in the sense of doing it, but practice in the sense of getting better at it. Let me say it another way. Setting your mind on the things of the Spirit is a skill that you and I have the ability to develop in our lives. It's a skill. It's a, I'm, I'm going I'm to take it one step further. If I'm making this too plain, just bear with me. It's a learned behavior. It's a learned behavior. Do you understand what I mean by learned behavior? Praise God. There's a lot of things in your life that you know how to do now that you couldn't do the first time you tried. Think like riding a bicycle or something along those lines. It, it took you some time to, to develop that, right? But what do they say about once you learn how to ride a bike, you never forget it, right? It's just like, now they say, oh, it's just like riding a bike. You can go years without riding one, jump on it, and away you go. Well, setting your mind on the things of the Spirit is a learned behavior. From the moment we were born, our minds were set upon flesh and what we need and what we want and how to get it through fleshly means. So we've become very indoctrinated, or let me say it a simpler way. We've become very conditioned by virtue of living in a, a world that operates so much by the flesh instead of by the Spirit of God. And so because of that, we've become conditioned to set our minds on the things of the flesh. It, it, it's, how do I say this? I wish, I wish I could tell you that it just comes natural. It doesn't. It doesn't. Now, I do have good news for you. And, and that is if you, if you will deliberately, intentionally, purposefully do this, 
and practice this and get better at this and develop this skill and develop this learned behavior. What's, what's happening by you, I don't like the word forcing, but, but, but controlling, taking control of your thoughts and, and, and purposefully setting your mind. As I've told you before, get a verse in your head and just mutter it to yourself, right? But the more you, you do that and make that a priority in your life, we see that because you valued it enough to deliberately, intentionally do it, it's eventually going to drop down into your heart. And, and I know I, I, used, I grew up in church. I'm so thankful for that. But, you know, I heard for years that, you know, you got to get it from your head into your heart. Anybody? You got to get what's in your head and your heart, son. I'm like, man, you know what I do? Just like shake it down. You know, how do I, how do you get it out of your head into your heart? You know, um, problems about 18 inches. You know, I mean, you heard that, I guess a little longer for me, but you know what I'm saying? They talk about the head to the heart and, and these kinds of things. Well, no, nobody's ever told me how to do that. Just that I should do it, that I needed to do it. Well, Jesus told us how to do it. He said, what you treasure, where your treasure is, um, there your heart will be also. Let me, I'm going to just bear with me. I know I'm just about out of time, but let me um, praise God. Our, uh, our technology system will work perfectly, and then all of a sudden, praise God, it uh, goes awry on us. I want to read you this passage that Jesus gave us. Can we do this and then we'll, we'll finish up here. Um, <clears throat> thank you, Jesus. So, it's from Matthew chapter 6 and uh, verse number 19. Uh, Christy, it's slide 28 if you, thank you, sister. She's doing double duty back there, triple duty back there tonight. He says, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. So again, that's going to be this stuff over here, right? <clears throat> but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. Verse 21, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also, okay? Now, um, Christy, if you don't mind, slide 39. Slide 39. This is that same verse number 21 from the Passion Translation. For your heart will always pursue what you value as your treasure. Your heart will always pursue what you value as your treasure. So again, let's go back to it. You gotta get what's in your head into your heart. How do you do that? By consistently making those things, the things of the Spirit, a priority. And the more you do that, something happens. And, and, and basically what happens is you become emotionally connected to it. You become emotionally connected to it. Listen, please, your Heavenly Father is emotionally connected to you. You don't just have a place in his mind. You have a place in his heart. 
Now, we know that you are in his thoughts. Matter of fact, the Bible says that he sings over you while you sleep at night and how precious are his thoughts towards us. So we know that he thinks precious thoughts towards us. We know that he sings over us. He certainly knows your name, right? But you are more than just a name and a face to him. He has an emotional connection, an emotional attachment. Now remember, you were created in his image and in his likeness. This means that you were created to look like he looks, but also to function the way he functions. And so when we talk about this emotional attachment, this emotional engaging the emotions. See, let me try to simplify it. When the emotions get involved, this is when the heart gets involved. Are you understand what I'm saying? Um, you, you know, someone that is not emotionally connected to a situation. And by the way, sometimes you need people in your life that aren't emotionally connected. That's, that's the value of, of having a, um, a, a pastor or a counselor that you'll listen to. Um, Michael Dye says it this way, you've got to make a plan when you're thinking straight, should there come a day when you're not. And, and the idea, of course, and I, I can't tell you how many times over the years in counseling or in just conversations with people, you know, something very emotional, some, something you know, has happened in their lives. And... Um, and I'll usually begin with something like, I know it's easy for me to say, okay? It's easy for me to say because it's not my daughter. <laughs> easy for me to say because it's, it's not my financial crisis, all right? Um, but again, we need someone in, in tune with the Spirit of God, in tune with the Word of God, that is not being influenced by the emotions, but it's on the outside of the emotions, speaking to you while you're in the midst of the emotions to give you or me instructions as we move forward in this. Does that, is that pretty clear? Does that make sense? All right. Um, so, because when emotions get involved, right, this is when the heart gets involved. Now, the, the problem we have to watch out for when we talk about this whole heart-brain thing is... Sometimes the brain will override the heart when it shouldn't, okay? Um, but then sometimes the heart will override the brain when it shouldn't. You know, because we've, we've, we've become emotionally engaged in a situation and, and that's skewing um, the way we think. And, and remember now, Father God created you with all of these capacities to think, to have emotions for, you know, that's that verse we've looked at a couple of times in Colossians 3 where he, where he doesn't just say set your mind, but set your affections. The affections, that's, that's, again, that's thoughts with attached emotions. Amen. That's thoughts that have some feeling in them. Amen. That's, that's not just thinking in the brain, logical, rational thought, but man, this is something that's gone much deeper now. We've got an emotional connection. So Father God created you with that capacity and potential for it to be a blessing. Are you understand what I'm saying? For, for you to, to, to um, set your mind on good things and your heart gravitate towards those things and, and, lay, and grab hold of those things and pull them down inside of you. But the enemy is trying to hijack that and use it against you. Do you see this? So now we become all emotionally involved and emotionally connected with things 
in this stack over here. And, and that's why, man, I've, I've seen folks, um, I guess even in, in my own life, um, I have, you know, more than once in my life made a decision to eat healthy. And you just, oh, you almost go through grief. I mean, you can laugh at me all you want. You almost go through grief over it, right? I mean, it's like, oh, man. Oh, I'm going to miss those Snicker bars. You know, it's, you, know, you know what I'm saying? I mean, come on, amen or oh me, right? Notice why. Why are we grieving the loss of these things? Why are we grieving, you know, our, our Coca-Colas and, and, and all this other stuff? It's because we've, it's not just in our thought, in our mind. It's, it's something that our heart, them Cokes done got in our heart, right? Them Snicker bars done got in our heart. We've become emotionally connected to them. Right? Am I right about it? You see what I'm talking about here? Well, if you can understand it, and, and sad, but that's where we're most familiar a lot of times with these things, you realize that you can become emotionally connected to the Word of God. You can become emotionally connected to worship. You, you can become emotionally connected to attending church. You can become emotionally connected to a discipleship class. I have seen people, right? I have seen people, I mean, they like kids on Christmas morning. Oh, discipleship class starts tomorrow, right? I mean, I just announced it one night and it's a bunch of people in the room started clapping. That, you're, there's, that's, what is that? It's somebody has given that a place in their life. They've given that, a, 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 they've chosen to make that a priority in their life. And now that they have, their heart's pursuing it. See, now, now something is, is directing us. Let's go back to according to, right? Based upon, directed by, in agreement with. Now there's, there's a context inside of us that's come through us being, having a spiritual mindset that is, I used the word this morning and I almost hesitate to say it again tonight, but it makes it easier. Let me say it another way too. I'm not trying to fishtail on easier. It does make it easier, right? Listen, I, I've been to church before. I, I made myself go, drug myself there. Amen or oh me, come on now. But man, when you make it a priority in your life, see now because, let's go back to what he says. I love the Passion Translation. For your heart will always pursue what you value as your treasure. Who chooses what you value as your treasure? You do. So how do you get it from your brain to your heart? By valuing it as a treasure. By saying, man, this is... You know, right now, I may not be feeling it. My heart may not be in it, but this is the direction I want to go. One of the ways you can always pull at the heartstrings, especially of young parents, about church attendance is, don't you want to raise your kids in church? Man, I know, I know folks don't even, <laughs> uh, I saw that back there, James and Yanni. They go, yes, we don't raise our kids in church, right? Um, you know, I mean, you, you can talk to people who haven't been in church in 20 years. You know, don't you raise your kids in church? Man, yes, yes. I want to raise my kids in church, right? Because again, notice they, they recognize the importance of that. But notice now, you've got to make it a priority, though, for your heart to not just be emotionally connected to your children, but your heart to be emotionally connected to assembling yourself together with God's people. Amen. Um. Slide 40, and I'll, I'm closing my Bible. Slide 40 is the same, Matthew 6, 21, but it's from the message translation. It's obvious, isn't it? 
That's, I'm not, that sounds like me talking, but that's what the message translation says. It's obvious, isn't it? The place where your treasure is, is the place you will most want to be and end up being. Right? I don't know what the Lord has for me and my family moving forward. I know that my son's moved across town. My mom and dad have moved across town. Now my daughter and son and Grace and grandson have moved across town. Right? Right? This, this side, I love this area. I love this, you know, and obviously I'll be led by the Spirit. But I'm feeling, a, I'm feeling a connection over there now that I've never felt before, right? It has nothing to do with the traffic, I promise you that. Has, you follow what I'm saying? It, it has to do with things that, well, let me read it to you one more time. It's obvious, isn't it? That, right? The place where your treasure is, the place you'll most want to be and end up being. Matt Vanessa's still right there. That's right. Praise Mark and Meredith left us, you know. Yeah, Vanessa said, you, yeah, if they go, you, yeah, amen. Praise God. No, God is good. Stand with me tonight. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Foundry. Amen, brother. Well, like my heart's certainly here. My heart is there for sure. I think y'all... That goes without saying. So maybe I shouldn't have said that last part. But, but that's, I mean, I, I've been dealing with those emotions. You know, I've been dealing with It's obvious. You know, um, praise God. I'm just thankful they didn't move off to beach somewhere or something. You know what I'm saying? Praise God. Amen. That would not, no, it wouldn't even be a consideration. Praise God. Amen. Are you blessed tonight? Are you getting anything out of this? Are you going to set your mind on the things of the Spirit this week more than you ever have before? Amen. Father, thank you for your love. Thank you so much for this faithful bunch of men and women. Father, I, I don't know how to say in English words how much it means to me for them to be here tonight. Father, it's, it's, it's not honoring me. It, it is honoring me, but it's, it's not just honoring me, Father. The bigger picture is it honors you. Lord, your word tells us how important these times together are to you. And so, Father, our desire is to please you tonight. So, Lord, thank you that we've set our minds upon you, Lord, over this last hour and a half, whatever it was. And, Lord, I thank you for directing our paths this week that we would live based upon, Lord, that we would live in agreement with directed by the things of your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. All right, shake somebody's hand, hug somebody's neck, love somebody in Jesus. Thank you for being here.